0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, bestselling author and your host for the High Impact Coaching Podcast here with another amazing interview with Paul Orlando, the self-development coach for corporate professionals, helping them get clarity on their next steps in their career. Now, Paul has an amazing story where he was able to go from a non-existent business after trying to build a coaching business for two years to finally, you know, over the last six months, really getting it up and running and now he's bringing in six figures. So Paul has an amazing story that he's gonna dig into in this podcast. There's a lot of lessons of what to do, what not to do, and some incredible insights and one big lesson around his shift around five months in that you wouldn't expect that allowed him to really get there, as well as some amazing experiences that he had you know, yelling in the woods at the top of his lungs that really created some shifts for him. So you're going to have to pay attention to these. It's going to be a good one for anybody looking to take their business from where it is right now. If it's non-existent or just starting out to six figures in the next six months, this is a must listen to. And if you want to catch more of these interviews live, go ahead and join our Facebook group at xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group to catch these interviews live. And if you're feeling stuck in your coaching business and you think that our high impact coaching launch program might be a good fit for you, you want to see if it might be a good fit for you. It's a program designed to help you take a coaching business from zero to six figures in less than 90 days. Go ahead and go to xanderfryer.com forward slash apply. You can fill out a quick questionnaire so that we can get an idea of where you're at and we'll hop on a quick 10 minute call with you, see where you're at, see what's working, what's not and what you really need to focus on to get that business up and running. Now, if we can help you, we'll definitely let you know. If not, we'll have resources we can point you towards as well. So looking forward to seeing you there at xanderfryercom forward slash apply and go ahead and enjoy the podcast. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, bestselling author and CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here with the infamous Paul Orlando. I don't know what makes you infamous, but we're going to call you infamous. here with Paul Orlando, who is a self-development coach who helps unhappy corporate professionals get clarity around the next steps in their career. Paul, I'm really excited to have you here. Welcome. Welcome to High Impact Coaching Live. How are you doing today, brother?
1: Standard. Thanks for having me, man.
0: I'm doing awesome. Excited to hop on here and chat a little bit more. It's going to be fun. Beautiful, beautiful, dude. Welcome, welcome to the call. So today we're going to be talking about, I really want to talk about your journey from basically a non-existent coaching business just over six months ago to a six-figure coaching business in under six months. You know, I think there's a lot of lessons that can be learned, especially for our community out there, whether they're just starting their business, whether they're in the crux of getting their ass beat down by the business, or maybe they're starting to get some traction and really get going. So Paul, why don't we just kind of start off with, you know, I kind of mentioned it, but what you do now, what your focus is, what your quote unquote niche, right? I know everybody talks about their niche in the coaching space. If you could just give a bit of a background around your business right now and where it's at, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I call myself personal development coach or self-development coach, and I help unhappy corporate professionals figure out what they want to do next in their career and create a plan so they can actually get there and do it. So a little bit of background on me. Because there's nobody, there's nobody unhappy in the corporate world right now, right? No, absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone loves it. But that's funny because that's actually how I got the business started or the idea for wanting to start my business and become a coach myself. So similar to you, Xander, I was an unhappy corporate professional. I was working here in Toronto. So I'm from Canada, big corporate organization, working nine to five, desk job, that sort of thing, not liking it. And I knew pretty quickly that I had a passion for coaching and a passion for teaching and helping others. I just couldn't connect the dots of what to do with that. And that's why when I came across Xander, I found him on Instagram, checked out his website. I didn't know that existed, that I could create a coaching business around helping other people who were just like me. And it spoke to me. So, yeah, one thing led to another. I worked with Xander and, you know, six months later, here we are.
0: Beautiful, man. Beautiful. So before we get into your journey, because I think you have an amazing journey, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And you made how much last month? You made 10K, right?
1: Yeah, 10K last month.
0: 10K. So tracking for that six-figure business now, having really just launched your business six months ago. So before we get into that, I know you kind of mentioned, you and I both have a similarity around like our corporate background and leaving and kind of like our first offer in like the self-development and life coaching space being that we helped our past selves, right? That unhappy, unfulfilled corporate professional. I'd love for you to just kind of dig into that world for a second, like the unhappy corporate professional. Like what are you seeing there? Why is this something that you're just passionate about?
1: Yeah, I think you kind of like said it to begin with. It's because that was a former self of mine. So, you know, I really resonate with what that person's going through. And I think for a lot of people out there, people want to teach and help other people. I I get on a lot of Consultation calls and just speaking with my target market a lot now. What you hear when you dive deeper and probe, like, you know, and ask questions, what do you really want to be doing? If you're so unhappy with where you're at right now, what would you ideally want to be doing? A lot, a lot, a lot of what I've discovered and learned through having these conversations is people just want to help other people. Yeah. For me, it was realizing, you know, I just want to help people too and teach them and help them, you know, live a better life and, you know, live more purposefully. And I connected with that former version of myself. Because I know exactly what it feels like to have been there. But also, and I think something that would resonate with the audience too, is I was confident that I could provide a solution to that person because I know exactly what it takes to get out of there. I was you. So I know the system or the strategy to get from A to B. That not only makes me feel good that I'm helping you, but it gives me confidence to say, no, I can get you results. I can get a solution for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. I think, you know, I was reading, I was reading somewhere, it was like Forbes had an article out where it was like 83% of all employees are either unhappy, unfulfilled, anxious, depressed, overstressed, or completely disconnected from their day job. Yeah. That's insane to me. Like eight out of 10, eight out of 10 people.
1: And you know, it's not surprising. Like those numbers don't shock me at all. I think if anything shocks me, it's like, that should be probably closer to a hundred.
0: I was going to say, if anything shocks you, it's the 17 people out of a hundred that are actually happy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like you don't see that often. I know a few people that are happy, but at the end of the day, I think people who end up stuck somewhere are just craving for something more and maybe there's something blocking them that's holding them back from going after doing what they really want to be doing or even worse, thinking that that's just how it's supposed to be.
0: That's what I was going to say is do you think they're just not aware? It's kind of like being stuck in the matrix. Like I was talking about this with actually one of my, you know, my head of business development Kahal this morning. And he was like, I was sitting on my balcony just watching people walking to work. He's up in Vancouver and he was just watching, you know, watching the businessmen walk to work, suited up, carrying their coffee, carrying their laptop. And he's like, I am so grateful that I got out of the matrix. <laughs>
1: I say the same thing. So I'm walking around in Toronto a lot. There's all just like, I'm looking at my window, staring at, you know, Union Station, Fairmont, Royal York, all this financial district stuff in front of me. And I look down from my balcony. And I see all these people in suits walking by all the time. And every morning I have a coffee out there. And I think to myself, like, do these people really like what they're doing? Or do they just like, what's going on in their head? Do they just yeah. they have to be doing? And I want to go down there and wake them up and realize like, you don't have to be doing this. You know, there's other solutions. <laughs> don't have to be head down with the briefcase trotting along being absolutely miserable like everyone
0: and what's crazy is like both you and i did that for years yeah that's the crazier i think that's the scary part right it's like i look back and i'm like oh man i was really stuck like i was really in there
1: absolutely like i remember feeling those sorts of things like you would have felt too where it's like you go there you're losing energy you're drained you're like around people who just like are not bringing you up they're bringing you down and you realize like just think logically like what you're doing on a day-to-day like you're trekking along to an office sitting at a desk in a like cubicle barricaded and like typing away like that doesn't seem like something we should be spending our time doing just high level high yeah. level like some people maybe but not for me and what who i work with a lot now i know we're gonna talk about this later is people who like me just did that because they thought that was the next step. Like go That's to high school, go to university, get a job. And people in that wheelhouse of like two to six years into that first step are the ones waking up. People like you, people like you They're
0: ready that. for it. I, I really think they're ready for it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. It's amazing. So obviously I want to dig into how you got to this point, Paul, because it's funny when I told people my story, right? Of like, go at like quitting my job. And in like, you know, three and a half, four months building a six figure life coaching business, right? Because it's super cliche, right? Quit your job, start a life coaching business. Probably 98% of people that do that fail miserably. Like, I just want to be brutally honest, right? But like a high, high majority of people that do that, according to Glassdoor, like 95% of coaches will never make it full time, right? So I want to kind of dig into this for a second. Like what made you different? to where like now you're bringing in a full-time income, you're bringing in a six-figure income, just six months later, when so many people spend years going down that path and never ending up, you know, being able to make it work. So I'd love to go back to, you know, kind of the beginning of where you were when you made this decision, this was what I was going to do. And obviously, you know, the path that you had to go through, you know, both the ups and the downs to get to where you are now. I think that'd be phenomenal for people.
1: Got it. So like, I'll start by saying that I don't think it's anything that's made me different that allowed me to, you know, have a six figure business in six months.
0: You mean it's not mandatory that you have to have great hair because both you and I have absolutely great hair. It I think that has, might be the trick. <laughs> it's not mandatory, but it doesn't hurt.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's anything that's made you know, us different. I think it's just a matter of like mindset and being relentless on what you want. Yeah. I, like all the tools are out there. Like stuff we can chat about after is nothing net new to anyone The answers are out there. It's like, do you want to study the answers and get 100% on the test or not? And it comes down to mindset resilience as you're going through this process. So to start things off to answer your question, like I remember building my mindset and working on mindset and learning about, you know, neurolinguistic programming and and things for several years before I even Committed to leaving my corporate job and so there was prior work towards the
0: game, prior work on yourself, on your development, on your confidence, on that psyche. I think that's huge. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's all sorts of stuff, and like that's like 1000% the most important thing that people just brush over and be like, Okay, what are you gonna talk about next? That's the most important thing, but there's also like a level of commitment to it because I think a lot of people hear the stories like I've left my job and started a six figure business in six months and now I can go and travel and now I have this freedom and they get the entrepreneurship coachy, sales pitch in their head and they're like that's sick I want to do that yeah. but back to like do you actually have what it takes to do that and sustain that one of the first things when I enrolled in your program the high impact coaching program back in November 2018 I was so committed at the time and I knew that this was something I needed to go all in on and be relentless like obsessive with that I took two weeks of my vacation, corporate vacation at the time. I was still-
0: I remember this, by the way. This was
1: great. <laughs> like, you got to be obsessive like this. I took two weeks of my vacation, of my three weeks total. So 66% of it. I drove out to a random farm. The, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> hour north of the city, a family friend's farm. It was snow in Canada, six feet. Like I just got the keys from my family friend, went there. And just buried myself and immersed myself in your program, all this mindset work, doing everything, like going out yelling affirmations in the forest because no one's around. And like, I just went all in on this, sort of like a retreat type thing. And for me, like that was a pivotal moment in like becoming who I am still becoming now in the sense that like, yeah, I'm going all in on this thing. Like yeah. I need to really put myself in a place to get myself ready to do that.
0: So that was definitely like the icing on the cake in terms of like, what you need to do to get ready to actually take that leap. You just hit on, you hit on a couple of things that I love to talk about with coaches because frankly, and well, actually, let me ask you this. Do you believe anybody could be a six figure earning coach or does it take a certain type? Yeah. So you say no. Right. And I think that's really important to tell people, right? Because frankly, you know, we've now worked with hundreds, even thousands of people in the coaching space. You know, there are some people like you mentioned that are willing to make the commitment. They're willing to make the decision. And, you know, the way we always put it, right, it's like becoming a six-figure or multiple six-figure or seven-figure earning coach does not happen just because you want it, right? Everybody wants that life. Like you mentioned, you have to have a deep desire and commitment to make it happen. And you have to, frankly, go all in. I think that was the key thing that you just said. It's like, if you're 99% in, it's not going to work. You have to go 100% in. That whole idea of like, you know, 99% is 100% different than 100% right? And if you're only 99% in, you're always leaving like one foot out the door, you're never going to be able to do the things you actually need to do. Right? So that's huge. So all right, you go all in. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you
1: off. But it's so funny, because you're so true with that, like one foot in the door thing. 99 is not 100. I gave myself a rule. Back in January, because I quit my job in January and officially started this business at the end of January, six months ago. And I gave myself a rule because I built this all up on the side. I was doing your program. I was working with a few clients. I said, okay, when I enroll my first client in my program, in my large eight-week program, that's when I'll quit my job. But I was still holding on to the job. I was still like, well, you know, because then I'll know I'm secure. And then I'll know I can actually go all in on this thing. And I was waiting, 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 waiting. It took time, took time, took time until one day at the end of January, I said, you know what? F it. Screw it. I'm quitting no matter what. And I'm going all in on the business. I don't have my first client yet. I don't have anything yet. But I'm trusting that and committing to it. I'm trusting good things will happen because of all this mindset, because I believe in all this stuff. And literally like three days after I quit my corporate job, I got my first high ticket client in my program and the rest is history.
0: How much was that first client, by the way? 2700. 2700. I want everybody to sit with that for a second because I think there's so many people out there that are like, oh, I got to start at like the low end range and build their way up. And that's a big reason why as well. But like, it's amazing to me. It's like, so like you just mentioned, you think, okay, I'm going to get my first client and then I'm going to be all in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Doesn't fucking work that way, man. Like, why don't you let go of your belief that's holding you back first? And then we'll actually give you your first client. Like, how about that? Right? That's mind blowing to me. Thank you for sharing that, man. Beautiful. So you get your first, basically, like you make the decision to quit. Three days later, you get your first client. It's like, you remind me a lot of like Chad, Chad Seavers. Same thing. Like for four months, he didn't get a client. And then he found out he was losing his job. And that, you know, those next three weeks, he brought in like 9K in clients in like three weeks. Right. But it's like when you're forced to be hundred percent in amazing things happen. So that's awesome. All right. So you start bringing in clients. Now you're on your own. You have no safety net. Everything goes great, right? It's all daisies and rainbows and unicorns, right? What are the next like six months like for you?
1: Honestly, if you want like the honest answer, like they're incredibly stressful, especially the first three months. Yeah. I could say those are the like February, March, April were the three toughest months of my life where there's ups, there's downs. There's got a consult call, got rejected. There's got a new client. I'm on an all-time high. I'm the next, you know, Bill Gates. And then (laughs) there's like two weeks go by, no consults, no clients. It's like my business is failing. So those three months alone as a solopreneur were incredibly tough but they taught me a lot of lessons. So as you're going through the weeds, like I'm appreciating it now looking back and I hope that we have this conversation in another year and I'm saying, you know, it's under six months in when I was making six figures. Oh, ha ha ha, because now I'm making close to seven. But when you're going through that process, what I always link back to is gratitude. I had to, I had to, it's all the mindset stuff. Yeah. Because if you didn't realize like I'm going through this as a lesson, as a learning, I'm learning things each day that are going to help me and propel me forward, then I would feel like I was failing every single day. And so you really got to look at the glass half full. And like, I would go through, I don't know, I would go through the weeds alone and just like feel absolutely crushed some days. I would say like support networks were the most important thing for me, like having people to call, having people to lean on, having team members to work with you. That was so important. But it was not sexy and not unicorns and rainbows in the first three months, even with the client, even with good things happening, because you're like, oh, now it's real. Now I'm a real coach with real responsibilities, real clients, and you're doing everything. You're paving the road for the first time. It naturally bumps in the road will come up and things get tough. And you go through everything all at once the first time alone. It's incredibly, incredibly difficult and stressful. So that was definitely something that I faced in the first three months.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing... There's just a lot of beautiful golden nuggets that you just dropped. (laughs) I think the one thing that really is echoing for me, there is somewhere in there throughout that process. And this is kind of what I'm pulling out of it. You had this belief, you had this, whether you want to call it belief or faith or whatever it is that like all of the ups and downs specifically, like the downs were actually necessary. Right. And I think that's very unique. Right. This is probably when I, you know, when we see the difference between people that take their businesses to six figures to seven figures and above, there is a very clear and distinct faith and belief that the downs are actually just as important, if not more important than the ups. Right. It's like, you know, the downs are the lessons. You know, that's how you temper your spirit and your mental toughness to actually be able to take yourself to that next level. Right. And so just like you mentioned, actually being able to em- not only embrace those downs, but actually be grateful for those downs. Right. And I think that's something that is not done enough in the coaching space because everybody, here's the deal. Like as anybody gets moving, if you're not hitting like roadblocks or obstacles, like then you're actually not moving. Right.
1: You're doing something wrong if you're not getting like failures. And it's so weird you say that because you reminded me of something I was sharing with, a close friend the other day when I was talking about just my progression, because a lot of people have been you know, reaching out to me, seeing sort of the success that I've had in the past few months. And I said, something clicked about five, four, five months in something clicked. I don't know what it is hard to explain. But now it's a mindset click. I love I like I'm enjoying failures. Yes, and I'm, I'm looking for them. And it's just something you talked about in your program, too. And I didn't know what it meant. The first time I was listening to it. <laughs>
0: Mostly because I'm just batshit crazy and most people people don't know what I mean until six months after they have a conversation with me.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it clicked for me. I'm like, I know what Xander's saying now because now I'm looking for those opportunities to fail because I know that's where the learning will come. And I know like, what's that game mind trap mindset on the computer where you click?
0: You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. But it sounds right right up my alley.
1: (laughs) mine trap you click a button blindly and then if no things are attached to it like a new space opens up
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah, it's
1: like a free game on like windows yeah uh, i feel like failure if you're not doing things and taking action like a minesweeper to try and open up a new area of space you're missing out on all that potential opportunity so like when you hit a thing and like fails and the game's over like that's good because you know like now i got to go back and try and find more space so i don't know yeah. if that made any sense but i get excited about like going on a consult called trying something and failing. And I think a big thing for me from like once I I viewed everything as a learning opportunity that I was grateful for, which happened in month four or five, like I still think this whole year is a great learning opportunity. I think everything, it's a mindset shift, abundance mindset. Once you get past those initial months of the tough shit, it becomes a lot easier and you can get excited to learn and grow instead of fearing not getting a client and going to fail and going to die.
0: Well, yeah. You know, like one of the things I think that I talk about, right, is like as you get bigger, right, your problems don't get smaller, right? They get bigger. You have to have, frankly, the cojones or the lady cojones to take the risks and learn on a bigger level right? Which is you know exactly like what you're talking about. You have to have this weird mindset of being willing to go like in Minecraft or whatever it is to like go click on a bomb and the whole thing explodes and you lose, yeah. right? Because if you don't, you're never going to grow. You're never going to move forward. You know, I think about like, you know, the failures that I had to have just to get my business up and running, right? Then the failures I had to have to get it to like six figures and multiple six figures, just pale in comparison to the failures that I have to have now as a seven figure coaching business owner, right? Because they're not like, failures. They're like $100,000 failures. And like they involve like 10 people and like, you know, team members and like all sorts of different lives. Right. So it's just like the failures get much bigger and you have to become the type of person that can actually handle that mindset of being able to be that leader and go to that next level. So I love that you're saying that because it is, it takes action and it takes, you know, frankly, months of taking actions even before the belief is there. And then the belief starts to come. Right? I think that's something that a lot of people, especially in the self-development space, we think that always, like, our belief is there first, and then the actions come, right? But it's actually, a lot of the time, it's the other way around. It's our, the actions come first, and then five months later, the belief starts to come, right? I,
1: I completely agree. And, like, as you work with more people, or as I've worked with more people and seen the results, like, for me, it was, like, I don't know what type of learner I'm I'm very visual audio. Like, when I get a client on the other side of a Zoom video, like, this saying, Paul... I had a breakthrough on module four, and you know, everything has changed now, and I'm so excited. Thank you so much for helping do X, Y, and Z. Tell me that doesn't help build your beliefs as a coach because you've been taking action, taking action to build this program, to help these people to work with these people, then all of a sudden they're voicing
0: something to influence you. Yeah. Totally right. Like belief almost does come afterwards. Igor is think- in the chat right now saying, Action beats motivation, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Igor, love it. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Yeah, so that was like the first three months, right? Then the next three months. So talk to me about the next three months. What shifts were made? What changes made? What growth happened? And obviously what new hardships came into your life?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I would say like the new hardships were all good because it's like trying to balance so much good that's coming. All these new opportunities are coming in now because things are taking off. I feel like I'm on a new level and autopiloting a little bit, which is good. But it's like, how do I sustain all that? So there's more tactical things that are struggling with now. But one of the biggest, if we want to talk a little more business shifts that happened about month three, four, was really honing in on my target market, which was a massive game changer because I think I speak to most early coaches, and I am an early coach, but coaches that are starting right away, like month three to four, is they want to help everyone. And they will take a consult with anyone and any single person. It's like, you know, and those are good for learning. But now, I feel like I was having dinner the other day with some financial advisors who work at big banks and they're like, I know if this person's going to be a client before the meeting. And nowadays, I don't even take meetings with people that aren't going to be a potential client. Yeah. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that, but I understand what they're saying. Yeah. And now i going go into the messaging and the engaging part and the connecting part of the process, the sales process for you. And I have a good idea and pulse on like, this is definitely a potential client or this is not who I could help and work with that comes through repetition. So I think the reps have really helped me get a clear picture in my mind. of like, who is it specifically that I'm serving? Because I think that's very important because once you, you know, you do the things like you teach in the high impact coaching program, like you hone in your messaging and you're talking to your target market and you just follow the process. Like it's just, it's pieces of the puzzle fall together. It gets pretty easy. It's easy to follow steps. So once that clicked easy, in mind- my-
0: Easy to follow steps. Hard to get yourself out of the way to follow the steps. <laughs> I would actually change
1: that and say simple to follow. There we,
0: yeah.
1: Always easy to follow because you're in your own
0: way. Yeah. I like that. I like that, man. No, it's, I mean, you know, that's one of the things we always talk about is if you try and help everyone, you'll help no one. And I think, you know, that is one of the major reasons why 95% of coaches will actually never make it full time because they know that they want to help everyone. But because of that, their messaging never connects. They're not attracting the right people, and they cannot—you know—they're basically coming, like you mentioned, coming from a place of scarcity. Like, I need to take any conversations I can to get them moving with me because I don't have anyone. Because I don't have my clear messaging, I'm not doing any of this other stuff that actually works to grow and scale.
1: That happened,
0: but also I wanted
1: to add into because I think this is really important for a lot of people. Sure. A little bit more into it, and it was a big shift for me too. Is. There was a moment in time, Xander, when I decided to just take control. And for anyone explain watching, explain that. Exactly, right? Exactly. Because I feel like, even just talking, connecting with a lot of newer coaches who've reached out to me recently in your programs and other programs too, like there's a point in time when you go into do something for the very first time and you follow the process to a T 100% and you copy it. It's like you're studying notes, you copy the notes, right? But think about it like studying. You get someone's notes, you copy their notes. But then the second time you go through and study, you make custom changes. Like you write it in your own words and you do your own thing. So what I mean by taking control is I decided to use all the tools that I had around me and honestly say, fuck it. Like I'm making this Paul. I'm not making this Joshua. I'm not making this, you know, anyone else, Xander, anyone. I'm making it Paul and I'm taking control to be myself and use my gifts to try and do what I'm trying to do here. And specifically what I mean is like, I would tweak up my perfect consultation. I would tweak up, I would just go with the flow and do things that I felt natural to me, even if it was advised against. And I think that's important to say, because there's an element of freedom and it's very invigorating when you can take a tool and make it your own and that accelerates your growth. So that was a massive piece that happened for me around month four or five, when I decided to Just do me and use the tools, but doesn't need to be 100% and incorporate that with my brand, my personality. And once I did that, Xander, I'm telling you like massive. Like I think I'm...
0: Yeah. One of the things we always talk about is the difference between someone who belongs in a nine to five and someone who can be an entrepreneur is if you give an entrepreneur 80% of the framework, they'll take care of the last 20. If you give someone who belongs in a nine to five, 80% of the framework, they'll be stuck at 80%. Right. And I think that's a little bit of what you're talking about. You're able to take the framework and then you're able to put your, you know, you've got this foundational cake and you're putting your icing on it and you're adjusting it, and you're doing the things that you need to do to make it work for you. Right. Because if you're never willing to do that again, and this kind of comes out to the, like, I got to learn, I got to try new things. I got to go, frankly, fuck up and make some mistakes. Right. You know, I think a lot of people are scared to just go make those mistakes, go test new things, go, frankly, look stupid. (laughs) Right. That's the biggest fear for most people, I think. And I think the nine to five
1: mindset does not help with this. At yeah. All. And the longer I find people are a nine to five, the more like their you know, beliefs are limited, the more their mindset is skewed to that way. Like I can't touch these other rules. I cannot break them. That right. 80% is the full thing. I cannot bend it. And that's one thing I've experienced myself being in corporate for only a few years before. I was not there for decades or for three years. And you know I was able to say, you know what? Like I'm able to take control and make this my own and break the rules and screw up and try things. And that's okay. That's actually the only way to grow. But- from what a lot of people that I I see and work with too, even getting on calls with these people is the longer they stay in corporate, the more difficult it is for them to adopt an entrepreneurship mindset and actually do what's best for them. But once they do that, once that moment happens for them, whether it takes them four months, six months, eight months, magic happens after, because that's when things are flowing. That's when things are natural and the
0: game yeah, changer. Beautiful, man. I love that. So let me ask you this. So you go through this whole six month process, but now we kind of talked about this, but you know, now that you're bringing in, you know, six figures, you know, you're very grateful. Everything starts to be, you know, starts to seem to be like kind of ironing out and you're really building that foundation to really scale up to that next level, right? 20K, 40K a month. You know, as you do that, let me ask you this, as you shoot for the 20K, 40K a month, who is the person that Paul needs to become to hit 20K a month, 40K a month in his coaching business? Because I think you've gotten a grasp on like, obviously what it took for you to change over the last six months to get here. Who's the person that Paul needs to become to get you to that 20K a month, 30K a month, 40K a month mark?
1: That's a very good question. I need to become more of a leader and I need to adopt more of a CEO mindset than a solopreneur mindset. I think for me, one thing I've really discovered lately as doing this all on my own is... I'm working for myself and I do better when I support others and have people. So changing that mindset, it's like, I'm not a freelancer. I'm not a solopreneur. I'm a CEO and a business operator with a team I need to support. There's a difference. It's like a necessary, a necessity change where it's like, now I'm a leader that needs to, it's a must in order to get at those levels. Because I feel like I can sustain this trajectory as a solopreneur. And that's great for some people. If they're happy with like six figures and that's what they want. But for other people like me, and obviously like you, there's another level where you need to step up to, and then another level, another, but I'm talking the next level. And that's a different personality who has even more resilient, has gone through and and it's like raising the stakes, upping the ante. So that's sort of where my head's at now. One thing I've really understood is you can't have it all too fast. From my understanding, so I understand there's an amount of time that I will need to develop into that person that I need to become to support a bigger team and to support a multiple six figure business, you know, before it gets to seven, but don't rush it because that's when things will blow up. So right now my head's at like, everything's good. I want to continue learning, continue growing, but always, 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 how am I able to weather the storm more? How can I become this person who I need to become to support others and grow? And I think more learning is going to need to happen on my end before that can happen. But that's what I'm eager to learn and eager to step into because as I've seen, it doesn't take as long as people think. People underestimate or people overestimate. People overestimate the amount of time it takes to do these things. Yeah, I was actually today in the shower. I'm like, I built a six-figure business in six months and I have all these other goals. Like I might have been really downplaying myself because yeah. it's time. I'm not saying it's going to, oh, in two more months, I'm going to be multiple six-figure. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like in a year from now, it's possible just based on logic and pattern. (laughs) Yeah. If I keep pushing and I keep developing my mindset and using the tools that, you know, you teach, it's very likely, it's very possible. Yeah. And you are the person who can do it. And I
0: think it goes, a lot of it goes back to the resilience and the persistence that you were talking about earlier, right? Because like you look back on this and like six months is not a long time. But like, if you look back, like while you're in the last six months, every day probably felt like an eternity when they were really rough days, right? So it's like those really rough days feel like they're an eternity. So for a lot of people, they like, you know, they think it's going to take forever. Yeah. When in reality, you're looking back six months from now, you're like, this has been a pretty quick six months getting to this point.
1: Yeah, right? exactly. And it's funny you say that too, because so many people, or I, what I want to share is like, There's ups and downs and the pattern of the ups and downs is so real. Any entrepreneur knows that. But one thing I would urge or encourage any newer coach, maybe who's still like juggling a nine to five or trying to build something up on the side or is interested in maybe trying to enter in this space is don't let those down days or those down periods screw up your intention and what you want to do. Just as down days are going to come, you can't let a down day or a down week affect the big game plan, affect what you want to do or slow you down or make you quit I think that's the difference in the resiliency and the mindset of it. Like I expect the downtimes to come. I just had a great month in July. I'm not expecting a bad month in August, but if for any reason I made a few less sales in August, I wouldn't blow up and abandon my plan. It has nothing to do with my end goal and end game. But I think what I see is a lot of people really allow those short-term lows to affect the overall long-term plan, and that's a big no-no. So I would encourage anyone to expect. Yeah, there's ups and downs, it's a sign curve. Expect the downs to come. These are meaningless, It doesn't matter, you're going back up.
0: So this was a, an amazing analogy one of my buddies who's a financial coach gave me, and I wanna see if this connects with you, because it, it really connected with me. He said, starting your coaching business is just like the stock market. And I was like, huh. And he goes, if you look at the stock market, it has steadily grown at whatever it is, 8% or whatever for the last 90 years or whatever, 80 years. It has steadily grown at 8% for the last 90 years. But on any given day, on any given hour, if you look at the stock market, there's an 80% chance that it is down from a previous high. Mm. So 80% of the time, it's actually worse than it has been in the past. Because of the short-term lows, right? Of the short-term, the day, you know, a down day or a down week or a down half a day or a down hour, whatever it is, right? 80% of the time, even though the stock market is casually grown, it's actually down from a previous point. And he's like, this is exactly the same as entrepreneurship and coaching. You will casually and steadily grow if you take a look at the long-term and the steps that you make. But at any given point, you are worse than you were at a previous point, <laughs> like 80% chance.
1: 100%, like I totally agree with that. And the problem, linking it back to what you said before, is that people feel like that 80%, like that low, it feels like an eternity. Yep. Like They're irrational with their thoughts and feelings based on that low.
0: Yeah. Like, I've
1: been in a low for two days, that feels like two years, so as a result, I'm gonna change
0: something. And They start to take actions and make decisions based on this two-day low, which actually has nothing to do with them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exactly. So it's oh, weird. man. But once you understand, and have gone through that a couple of times, it took me like two, three rounds of that, getting punched in the face.
0: Two or three rounds of an elbow to the face, <laughs> a knee to the chest, yeah. a roundhouse to the gut. Okay, I get it. I'm gonna take a beating, but I'm good to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, man. I do want to make sure we don't take too much of your time today. I do want to ask you one quick speed round question or two quick speed round questions here for you before we let you go. Number one, what do you see being the biggest mistake that starting entrepreneurs and starting coaches make? Number one. And number two, what would be the one piece of advice you give anybody looking to quit their job and, you know, go coaching full time?
1: Okay, cool. I think the biggest mistake people make and an eye-opener for me was I quit my corporate job and started a coaching business to become a coach. The reality is you are a coach and a business owner, and those are two different things that require different amounts of time. Yes. The biggest mistake people make is thinking they're a pure coach and having no business acumen or insight to drive business forward. And as a result, those are the coaches who make 40 or 50K a year because they're coaches. Yeah. Coaches are great, but you need to be a coach and entrepreneur. And if you don't have the business acumen or the business mindset, that's when you should you know, get help, like yeah. hire as part of your team. It was, it was you know, business strategy and biz dev, if you're not that person combined. So that was actually something as I, you know, I went to business school, I'm a business major, that's my thing. I didn't even realize that this was a half the battle, it's half the part of it, half my day is business stuff, biz dev, sales ops, it's real. Yeah. So yeah. the biggest mistake starting coaches make is realizing that, is not realizing that, They're operating a business as well as coaching and helping others too. So they need to just be aware of that or have support and team to help in the areas that they're not the strongest at.
0: Yeah. One of my mentors once told me when I was first starting off, because I started my quote unquote business as just a pure coach, right? (laughs) And one of my mentors said, Xander, you didn't realize that to actually be a coach, being a good coach with a great service is not enough. You actually have to learn how to build the business and market and promote and sell yourself as well. If you never do that, you're never going to be able to help anyone. And that was like mind blowing to me. Yeah. So what would be the one piece of advice you would give to anybody looking to quit their corporate career, go coaching full time? What's the one piece of advice you would give to them?
1: Get help and get it sooner. Honestly, for me, for a period of time, I thought I could do it on my own and I battled for a year trying to build up something on the side. I built up a small little thing, worked with a few niche clients, like while I was juggling a nine to five. And like the reality is like, you could spend a decade doing that, or you could actually hire someone who's done it who knows what they're doing and can help you get there a lot faster. And that will ease a lot of your pain. Once I did that, everything changed for me. So to answer your question, I would say, get help, seek out someone who been in your shoes who you want to work with and if it's something you're serious about if you want to leave that nine to five and start a coaching business and you're not exactly sure how to get there go to someone who has get some help because it, that those thoughts are never going to go away you're always going to want to start that business and you're just prolonging the process yeah it's like the best people in the world the best athletes in the world I mean, the best ceos in the world everyone has coaches everyone has a team supporting them to get to help them accomplish their goals so why are you any different
0: Have you ever met a coach, a successful coach that's been successful without a coach of their own?
1: Never. I've never met such a person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Too funny, man. Beautiful, Paul. Well, thank you for joining, brother. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they start following you, gain some of that mindset wisdom? Where can they learn more about you, brother?
1: Absolutely, man. So follow me on Instagram. It's probably the best. It's at Paul James Orlando. That's my username. You can check out my website, paulorlando.ca. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Hit me up.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) Go over Ask Paul. He's a wealth of knowledge. You know, Paul, I've personally loved working with you and being part of your amazing journey to see where you're going forward. So thank you for joining the show. Really grateful to have you, brother, and really grateful to see everything that you're going to be doing over the next six to 12 months too. So everybody, for everybody who joined us out there live, thank you guys for joining. For everybody who's going to be joining us on the podcast, if you want to join these live, Go ahead and check out Xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group to become a part of our Facebook group. And you can actually watch me interviewing our guests live. And for anybody that's interested in getting help to actually get their coaching business up and running, feel free. And if you want our help, we have our high impact coaching launch program, which is specifically designed and you know, someone that Paul actually went through, specifically designed to help you get your full-time six-figure, multiple six-figure, even seven-figure coaching business up and running in a short amount of time. If that's something you want to see what might be a good fit for you, go ahead and go to Xanderfryer.com forward slash apply, fill out our quick questionnaire. We'll hop on and then schedule a quick 10 to 15 minute call with someone from our team. We'll kind of get clarity around where you're at, what's working, what's not working. And and if we might be a good fit to help you again, thank you for joining, Paul. we really appreciate it. Looking forward to everything coming from you in the future, man.
1: Thanks again, Xander. Appreciate everything. Couldn't have done without you. Beautiful. Thanks, man.